You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 125. Hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking about how to build high impact teams using character strengths. Now, as we're looking to build our project teams and our PMO, we're likely going to do an assessment of our team members' strengths and learn a little bit more about those team members and where they can add value. You may have even heard me or others say that it's important that we do evaluate the strengths of our team and take advantage of all of those strengths to build a very diverse team that can solve all kinds of business problems based on aligning those people with their strengths. However, some of the assumptions that we make about strengths and the strengths of PMO and project leaders in particular might be a little bit different than what the evidence actually shows. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about character strengths and some research that's been done into those strengths. And I think the data might be a little bit surprising. This episode is sponsored by my free masterclass on the game-changing steps to a high-impact PMO. Whether you're starting a PMO for the first time, trying to get your PMO back on track, or just want to ensure that your PMO is as high-impact as possible, This training will get right to the heart of what really makes a difference in the eyes of your business leaders, where to focus your energy for the best results, and how to accelerate your PMO performance. We're going to follow my step-by-step framework that has been developed leveraging more than 24 years of real-world experience as a PMO leader myself for 15 years and as a consultant with PMO Strategies, a trainer and a coach for the last nine years. The work I do with my students has helped them get and keep their seat at the table no matter what kind of chaos is thrown in their way, and they are thriving. Join me for this one-hour training program by going to pmostrategies.com forward slash PMO. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash PMO. And let's unleash the full power of your impact engine PMO today. Okay, let's dive in. I'd like to introduce all of you to Ruth Pierce. Ruth has been a part of the PMO Impact Summit more than once and is a thought leader in this space on character strengths and coaching and runs a organization called A Lever Long Enough. And she's also the founder of In It Together Coaching which brings 13 coaches together to provide group coaching to project managers and other organizations. Now, she's an avid proponent of focusing on what works, and Ruth starts with character strengths to forge trusting connections between team members. So Ruth has been a longtime program manager, coach, and character strengths practitioner, and she wanted to know if there are any positive personality characteristics that show up more in project personnel, or maybe even less than in other people in the team or the general population. She gathered a sample of 461 project program and PMO leaders and asked each of them to take the VIA character strengths assessment. 
What she discovered led her to start work with more project and PMO staff to build interpersonal competencies to balance out our high process competencies that we all know and love so much. And so I think you're going to be really interested to hear the feedback that Ruth is sharing with us based on this research. So with all that said, Ruth, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you, Laura, for the invitation. I love talking about this stuff. Oh, absolutely. And we're totally going to geek out on it here for a few minutes in this episode, <laughs> because I'm really curious why you did this in the first place. What led you to undertake this research initiative when you first got the idea? What was the, what was sparked the idea to do this in the first place? So I was talking to a colleague of mine who's a professor in university, and he is a big character strengths proponent. And he had done a survey of his students and had drawn some conclusions about what characteristics, what character strengths show up most in people who choose to study the law. And he listed honesty, fairness, kindness, judgment. And as we were having this conversation, I said, but those are true of all of the general population. So if that was a sort of cause and effect thing, we would say that everyone in the population should become an attorney. And he frowned. And then I thought about it and I was like, I wonder what there is that stands out about project managers and PMO leaders mm -hmm. compared to everyone else in terms of their character strengths. And I wanted to find out. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about what you actually discovered when you did this research. And I'm very curious to see if anything surprised you. So this is what I found. So as I mentioned before, honesty, fairness, kindness, and judgment are four character strengths that most many people report as being one of their top strengths. And when I compared that with project managers, what I found was honesty is a very high strength for project managers and PMO leaders. In fact, even more so than the general population, more a higher percentage of project managers and PMO leaders report honesty as one of their top strengths. Perseverance showed up as a top strength for nearly 25% of project managers, which is a lot higher than the rest of the population. Prudence, which is the planning strength, we actually rank that six places higher on average than the rest of the population out of the 24 strengths. Mm -hmm. And then teamwork, nearly double the proportion of project managers and PMO leaders as the general population report teamwork as a top five strength. So we have this leaning towards perseverance, prudence, honesty, and teamwork that our colleagues don't necessarily exactly share. Interesting. And when you take each one of those individually, I can see that. I can see those strengths, especially in our project management population, uh, as being where we live, right? I mean, honesty, we're the ones that, whether we like it or not, really want to report on the truth, right? <laughs> no matter if we like what that truth is telling us, we really feel obligated to be honest and tell people what's really going on. And you need to be honest. For example, if you're going to be good at your job in the project management space, you've got to be able to tell it like it is and feel a draw to stating the facts of why you're red, yellow, or green, or what's going on with the projects, et cetera. So that doesn't surprise me. Surprise me. I don't think you can be in project management and not have perseverance as a <laughs> high strength personally, because we are often in a position where we are feeling like we are in an uphill battle, trying to drive everyone through towards achieving an outcome. 
And we've got to do that with people and through people, which kind of leads to the teamwork one. And then you said prudence was about the planning and taking the unknown, making it the known, right? Is that kind of how that went? Yeah. Yeah. And making sort of wise, thoughtful decisions about how to move forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what are some of the advantages? Like I'm sharing my perspective on why it seems like those are obvious ones. I am curious about what's missing, but before we go to that, <laughs> can you talk about what some of the advantages are you see for PMO leaders and as they're building project teams, why high levels in these areas are very useful? So I think you hit on many of them, Laura, the honesty being honesty and authenticity So it is showing our true selves, the true state of the situation, not kind of camouflaging anything. So I I think you hit on that really well. The interesting thing is even more project managers report honesty as a high strength than the rest of the team. So there can be with that honesty and authenticity and abrasiveness that people experience because there are, there are lots of jokes out there about being honest versus being kind, right? What do you say yeah. when someone says, do I look good in this dress? Do you tell them honestly that no, they don't? Or are you kind and say, yes, you look lovely? You know, what's the right thing to do? And so there, there's some of that that sometimes there can be a bluntness maybe in people who are very high in honesty, but definitely an advantage. Perseverance, yeah, absolutely. If we were the kind of people that at the first hurdle said, oh, we shouldn't do this anymore, then no project would ever get finished. The planning, I remember a boss of mine saying, you have to remember that planning is part of the project. This is very early in my career. You'll be relieved to know. At the time, the planning was sort of, this is a drag. Can't we just get started? And he said, no, that is, that's the foundation of what we're going to do. So that's very important. And then the teamwork. Absolutely. We can't get anything done unless we enroll the rest of the people in our team. So great strengths to report as more commonly top strengths than other people around. Hmm. And it's funny you say that about the honesty, because I immediately was drawn to the me when I was in my (laughs) twenties. And I was often reminded how blunt and straightforward I was. And in my mind, a lot of it was because I was really trying to just give them the honest truth. They were trying to give them what they needed, maybe didn't realize they needed And I felt that it was my obligation to call it like I see it and to tell the truth. And sometimes that was a little harsh to take in. Now, over the years, I may have softened how I approach it, but I still have a strong sense of responsibility to not sugarcoat things too much and really be straightforward with respect to what's really going on, right? And that if you are not straightforward, my concern always is that they're going to miss it right? They're going to miss the point. Yes. If you're not clear, and the direct, point, the message. Miss, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is interesting that people in this space kind of have these characteristics as their strengths, but I'm wondering if that can also present some challenges like we're talking about here with maybe sometimes our desire and our drive to be honest can come back to bite us if we're a little bit too much, maybe a little bit too direct or not taking into account how we could be hurtful to someone in how we say it. It's not that we can't be honest, but maybe there's a different approach. Can you share some thoughts on where maybe some of these strengths can be a challenge? Yeah. So it's interesting that you say that. I was having a meeting with a professor from a university in Canada the other day, and he said a colleague of his describes it as functional disingenuousness. But we need to put that sheen of niceness even on the most honest statement. And you were saying about 
one of our concerns with honesty is that if we're not blunt, if we're not straightforward, if we don't cut to the chase, people might miss the message. Equally, they may miss the message if they are distracted by the feeling of, ouch, that was blunt. What are they getting at? Why are they picking on me? So honesty does need that balance of being delivered in a way that is that the other person can hear it and appreciate it and hopefully not take it too personally. So that's one of the challenges with honesty is striking that balance. Perseverance, in the same frame that we were saying no project would ever get finished if we weren't high in perseverance, sometimes projects go on longer. Right. And there's that tension between honesty and perseverance, I think, where we may honestly evaluate with the help of our team that things have gone off course. Our perseverance strength may make us tend towards saying to stakeholders and sponsors, it's okay, we'll figure it out. Give us some time to work this out. When in fact, maybe the project is out of date now. You know, there are people who've built projects where it was important they were first to market. Suddenly they find one of their competitors has launched something similar. Their project as it stands is essentially done because they missed one of those key milestones of being first to market, but they don't want to let it go. So yeah, that perseverance can go on too long and we may not be able to take a realistic appraisal of whether the project should continue in the direction it's going. Planning, we all know about analysis paralysis, right? I've known project managers who are absolutely really, really high in the planning strength and they're really thorough, wonderful plan, but they find it hard to pull the trigger and actually start executing on the project and adjusting as they go. Plan is something we know it's going to get adjusted as you go. So it, we don't want to get stuck in that planning phase. So there, there are potentially some downsides to some of those. And teamwork, it always sounds as though there can't be anything wrong with teamwork, but I've worked with people who literally can't work by themselves. They have to collaborate with someone else in order to get anything done. And we need people to be somewhat autonomous and capable of moving things forward without their buddy being in, sitting next to them and sort of whispering in their ear. So. Yeah, interesting, interesting. So how do you suggest people prevent the strengths from becoming either overdeveloped and turning them and that makes them weaknesses or relying so heavily on those strengths that they can't be more flexible and adaptive to the environment they're in? What do you how do you advise them? So one of the pieces of advice is to consult others. This is the answer in so many fields, right? Is get feedback. And sometimes we don't notice ourselves, we call it strength blindness, we may notice that we have a strength, but we may not notice that we lean on it too much and we're taking it too far. So both observing the response of other people and also asking them, I realize I've been trying to get this done for the last three weeks. What do you think about that? And let the other person say, well, I think that is really, we're pushing this thing and it's not going to happen. It's not going to get done. And so you can get some perspective from someone else because that's what we really need is some perspective. Um, engaging your humility and realizing that you don't have all the answers. So pull on the rest of the team to see whether you're being realistic in the way that you're appraising something, the way you're persevering on something, whether maybe it is time to just get started rather than keep planning something. So getting input from other people and not doing too much stuff in isolation, I think is key, which for a lot of people is going to be easier because of the teamwork. At the same time, you want to make sure that you take everybody's input, weigh it up, and then decide what is the most useful feedback and engage that. So being aware, I think, is the first. 
Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So I'm curious if we can switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit about maybe some things that might have surprised you or Mm -hmm. any of the strengths that maybe were lower ranked that you probably thought before doing this study would have been higher strengths for PMO leaders or project managers? Yeah, that was a big surprise. It was a surprise when I saw the result. Mm-hmm. And then when I thought about it and discussed it with PMO leaders in particular and project managers, I started to think maybe I had just been blind to it. Social intelligence did not come out really? as high for my, pro- my contingent of project managers as it does for the population at large. Yeah, we, out of 461 people, only 26 reported that social intelligence was any kind of top strength for them. And it is generally ranked lower, scored lower, and three times less likely to be reported as a signature strength amongst project personnel as based on this sample. I might have to be clear that it's based on this sample, but yeah, way lower than it is in the general population. Interesting. What do you think might attribute to that? I'm sure when you saw that, you were immediately wondering why. Did you ever come to any conclusions? So I was so surprised that everywhere I went after that and bumped into any kind of project personnel, I would ask them, what do you think about this? It was interesting to me that if I said, here are the 24 character strengths, which do you think are some of the most important? Most people would land on social intelligence. We've got to get the team behind us. We've got to work with them. Right. How You've got to engage with stakeholders. You've got to manage relationships. How are we going to do any of that without social mm-hmm. intelligence? And then when I followed up with the question, and how do you feel about your level of social intelligence? They'd say, oh, yeah, not me. No, my, no, I don't think my social intelligence is very high. And a couple of people from PMOs actually said social intelligence gets in the way because project management and PMO is about process. And that if you get, as this person, one person put it, if you get tangled up in people's personal stuff, you lose your focus on what the point of the project is. And so I think it's one of those things that, in, depending on how you do your project training and what your background is, where you come from, originally a lot of project managers were engineers, scientists, or something like that. I think that that influences us towards being sort of data-driven and process-driven and less focused on well, what impact did that just have on that person? Which given how high we are in honesty, you kind of want that balance between honesty and social intelligence. How, how did that land okay. with them? So I don't know that I could disagree any more with that comment you got about, it's not about the people stuff, right? Because <laughs> really what, you're t- what social intelligence translates to for me in the change space and delivering on projects in the PMO is it's about organizational change management. It's about bringing people with you through the change process and doing change with people instead of to them. What I'm hearing is that the population of the people that were part of this research acknowledged that you need to bring people with you through the change process, but didn't really know how. Mm -hmm. And then some of that feedback you got about, no, it's about the process. I think that's completely wrong. It's Mm -hmm. absolutely wrong. If you change is all about people coming together to make the world different, whatever that looks like for your project, for your PMO, for an organization, doesn't matter what kind of an organization you work in. People in project management and PMOs are change makers. That's what we are here to do is to make change happen. And you have to do that with the people around you if you want that change to actually happen. 
not just people creating deliverables and checking boxes in a process, but to actually achieve the results that we're looking for, the change, we're doing it for a reason to make an impact, to have some kind of an outcome or result that's different than where we are now. And if we can't figure out how to do that with and through people, it's not going to stick. It's not going to happen and it's not going to stick. So it's not about the process and perfecting the process. It's not about the templates and the tools. It's about ensuring that we are bringing the right people together, having the right conversations, which we talked a good bit about at your summit session and asking the right questions and then moving them towards the goal together. And if you can't figure out how to do that with people instead of through people, if you can't do that, then you're not going to be successful. It doesn't matter how perfect your mm -hmm. process is. No one's going to want to follow it. No one's going to care. Right. right? Yeah, no one's going to have any buy-in. And I think at that that's a great macro level view. And at the micro level, we're not slot machines. You know, right. we don't put the inputs in of what it is we're trying to build and out pops something at the other end. We all know right. what happens with like drinks machines. Half the time the drink gets stuck anyway. So <laughs> we need to remember that people show up as people and that needs to be part of our planning process as well because there are going to be times when our person who says, yes, that will take me a week mm -hmm. will actually take two weeks because they get sick or their kid gets sick or right. it, something happens. You know, We have to be, again, nimble and adaptable to be able to take those things into account. And the more we know and understand people as people, the more we can anticipate that. This person over here is more likely to have this kind of experience in their life than this person over here. And it's not a recipe or anything, but it helps us be aware of what other pulls and distractions there may be for people. They aren't, they don't show up at nine and leave at five or more often eight and leave at seven and never during the day think about anything other than the work they're working on. Exactly. Exactly. Because there's like this whole thing called life that we also have going on. <laughs> okay. So then if we agree that social intelligence is really important, and at least in this research you've conducted, it hasn't proven to be one of the top character strengths. How do we build that muscle so that we can ultimately have an easier time bringing people with us through the change process? Thanks for asking that because one of the things I recommend to everyone I meet, and there's probably people listening to this who've heard me talk before and they're like, yeah, I've done the VIA character strengths assessment. But the VIA character strengths assessment is free. So my first tip is always to find out what are your strengths rankings? Maybe you're one of those unicorns that has social intelligence as a high strength and then you want to focus your attention on something else or honing that strength or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then with those strengths in mind, you know, take the list around with you and watch out for them in other people. They're amazingly spottable. They all make sense as to what they are. We know what perseverance or persistence is. We know what honesty or authenticity is. We know teamwork when we see it. And mm -hmm. so what I suggest is that we practice something called the C method, S-E-A. I apologize that it only works in English. <laughs> but SEA is spot, explain, and appreciate. So wherever you are, you have your list of strengths with you. And I often joke that if it's a time when you would normally be sneaking a peek at your cell phone under the table because you're bored with the topic in a meeting and you'd be checking your email or TikTok or Facebook or whatever it is that you're into, mm -hmm. have the character strengths assessment instead. Listen to what the person is saying and see what they're doing. And spot one of the strengths. You may spot many, but just focus on one. And after the meeting is over, whether it's in person or by email or, or whatever afterwards, send an explanation to them about what you saw. 
I mm. saw you use this strength when you did this. As with all good feedback, we need to say what the behavior was that we saw. Right. And then why do you appreciate it? Mm. Why, why does it matter that they highlighted that strength? It might be that they used perspective to get multiple points of view in the room on the same page. And that was really valuable because we were kind of getting stuck with people not seeing things the same way. Or people were inclined to give up and they were kind of losing hope and focus. And the level of hope really sort of got people going again. And now everyone's ready to persist and keep going with what we need to do or whatever it is and tell them why you appreciate it. And then keep track of what you experience. It sounds intimidating the first time you do it. It's pretty scary. But the more you practice doing it, the easier it gets, the more effective it is. And I will say that in years of doing this myself and not always spotting people's higher strengths, I've had one of three reactions. One is, oh, yeah, I think that's a key attribute of mine. And people don't always see that. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. No one's ever said that about me before. That's not something that people usually highlight in me. So it's, a, again, a pleasant surprise. And the third is, yeah, I make a point of trying to incorporate that into everything I do. I have never had anyone say, what do you mean? What do you mean I'm kind? I don't want people thinking I'm kind. What? But, you know, why is that an advantage? Or I've never had anyone have a negative reaction or say, you're completely wrong or you're out of your mind. Or No one's ever done that, not once. Right. And all the people I've recommended doing this to, they've said the same thing. They go out there tentatively. No one has ever given them negative feedback on hearing what their strength was they saw. They get excited by it. Interesting, interesting. And how do we build it ourselves? So how? So we might be able to talk about it with others, et cetera, but how do we, what are things we can do personally as PMO leaders and project managers to build this social intelligence within ourselves? Most of it is about observation. It's interesting that when, if you survey people who are young, their social intelligence will tend to be low. If you survey children, there's a youth survey, if you survey children, that we all know some of those kids who just seem to get people right away and read them right away. But a lot of kids, their social intelligence is going to be low because it is something that develops with practice and attention and focus. And so even just focusing on this character, obviously there's more to social intelligence than character strengths. But just consciously paying its attention to what you see in front of you and making a note of what you see, practicing seeing and noting what you see. And it could be in a movie, in a book. It could be reflecting on your day. What some people do is they actually look at their character strengths and they plan how they're going to focus on a particular strength during the day. And that builds their social intelligence because they see how that affects their interactions with people and so on. It's really this sort of mindful practice and mindful observation will develop your skill with it and help. It may not lift it in terms of the ranking, but you'll be more aware of it and sort of integrate social intelligence into your behavior every day. Well, I like that kind of relationship with strength building and building the muscles, right? Building, you have to keep at it. You've got to keep at it. You've got to keep going. You've got to keep exercising those muscles in order to make something a strength. And the same goes with social intelligence or any of these other character strengths we're trying to build. Can you talk specifically about as a PMO leader, let's talk to our PMO leaders now, specifically, we've given them a lot of things to consider about where the strengths tend to show up for their project team members and project managers and maybe their PMO team members. And we've talked about things they can do to build some strengths. How can we as PMO leaders use what you're teaching us here 
to build stronger PMO teams or how can we use these strengths as PMO leaders specifically? I think one of the biggest things is, first of all, a person using their top strengths well is always going to be a great resource. They may need, they obviously skills are separate. They need to learn the skills. But right. someone who's really, all the research shows that when we really engage our top strengths and use them mindfully and in, in a really thoughtful way, we're more engaged people around us and more engaged we have more satisfying relationships. So it isn't necessarily about looking at people and going, wow, that person seems to be really low in X, Y, Z. We're going to make them work on that. This isn't a deficit approach or fixing the gap. What it's about is partnering people. And so what I encourage PMO leaders to do is to look at the people who they're working with or that they're leading and see where there's some nice fits between people to work together so that they can learn from each other and also supplement each other. You might have someone who's really, really great on the critical thinking, honesty, perspective. They really are able to take data and crunch it and figure out what's going on. The way they deliver their message at the other end is not necessarily the way other people want to hear it. So you partner with someone who's got more of those humanity strengths of kindness and love and social intelligence, who's going to be able to sort of wrap the message in something that makes it a little more acceptable. So looking for those ways to pair people up and partner people. And in the partnership, they will both be better for it. And they will learn from each other how to engage strengths that maybe they don't typically engage every day. Oh, that's great. That's great. I love it. Okay. So before we wrap up here, Ruth, you had a challenge that you mentioned to me. I'd love to hear more about this challenge you have for each of us, because I love to make sure that everything that people are learning isn't just about hearing new ideas, but putting those ideas into action. And so you've got something for us to go do to Mm -hmm. put into action what we've learned in this session today. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I mentioned before this C method, spot, explain, appreciate. Yeah. My challenge is a seven-day challenge. Each day, you look for one strength in one person and you tell them about it. Mm. So it when I say one strength in one person, every day it can be a different person. You don't need to, if you see more strengths, great, share those. That's absolutely fine. But the challenge is on a daily basis to identify someone, identify their strength, and then share what you saw and why you appreciate it and do it for seven days in a row and see what happens. Make a note of how you feel. I guarantee that for most people, the first day, it will be utterly nerve wracking and that's okay. Bravery is feeling uncomfortable and doing it anyway. So just be brave. And As time goes on, you'll find they feel good, you feel good, and you will probably see a ripple effect. And that is the most satisfying of all. By the end of the week, you'll start seeing that people may not have the character strengths language, but they'll start appreciating each other in other ways. Like, I I just don't know how we would ever get this project done without your skill of whatever it is. And they're all strengths. I focus on character strengths, but all of these things are strengths. And you'll see an amazing ripple effect. Oh, how cool is that? Okay. So you heard it here, Impact Driver. For the next seven days, you have a challenge to to talk to one person, one day, every day for seven days, one a day, and share with them a compliment on one of their strengths. Acknowledge them, spot, explain, and appreciate for the next seven days. And make sure you come say hi to Ruth in our Impact Driver mobile app and let her know how you have applied that 
those character strengths acknowledgement over the next seven days. And Ooh, that would be yeah. And if you see that ripple effect, I think that'd be really cool to see. So let us know inside the app, make sure you reach out to Ruth and let her know, let me know. I'd love to know what kind of ripple effect you see and don't get frustrated if it doesn't happen right away. Sometimes people, if you hadn't been doing it before, might be a little thrown off as to what's behind the curtain as to why you're asking or why you're acknowledging the strength or why you're engaging with them on it. So just keep it very simple, straightforward with a smile and just keep at it. And let's see what happens. All right, Ruth, thank you so much for being here for this episode of the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk us through the character strengths and how we can use them to build really high impact teams for our organization. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Laura. Absolutely. Okay, Impact Driver, that's it. You've got your assignment. You know what to go do over the next seven days. Make sure that you use the C approach, S-E-A, spot, explain, appreciate to offer an acknowledgement and appreciation for someone based on a strength you see them exhibiting every day for the next seven days. All right, that's it for this session. Don't forget, this episode is sponsored by my free masterclass, on the game-changing steps that you have not considered, I promise, to building a high-impact PMO. So whether you're starting from scratch with a new PMO, or you've got a team and you're already trying to up-level your capabilities, or you've been called in to get things back on track, let us help you get and keep your seat at the table by unlocking the secrets of a high-impact PMO your stakeholders will be begging for. Join me at pmostrategies.com forward slash PMO. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash PMO. I can't wait to see you there. Okay, Impact Driver, we'll look forward to the next high-impact podcast session with you and hearing your results of putting the C method into action. Bye-bye for now.